Good morning. It's an honor and a privilege to be your speaker, and as we said earlier, it's, it's a special day. It's the beginning of a new year, and there's no greater privilege than to begin the year by worshiping God. Buenos días, que maravillosa oportunidad es estar reunido como la familia de Dios y adorar a nuestro Padre en el cielo. No hay un, no hay un privilegio más mayor que estar en la presencia de Dios y ser tu orator este mañana. Today marks the beginning of a new year, and this is a time many people choose to reflect on the past and to plan for the future. In this new year, our goal as Christians is to love more, to serve more, and to learn more. We have grown this past year, but we can never be satisfied spiritually. We must continue to hunger and thirst for righteousness. Escúchame, hoy marca el comienzo del año nuevo. Este es un momento en el que muchas personas eligen reflexionar sobre el pasado y hacer planes para el futuro. En este año nuevo, nuestro objetivo como cristianos es amar más, servir más y aprender más. Hemos crecido el año pasado, pero nunca podemos estar satisfechos espiritualmente. Debemos seguir teniendo hambre y sed de justicia. Today I want to talk to you about a man who was not satisfied with his spiritual life. He had a hole in his heart, and because of that, he went to the great physician himself, Jesus Christ. Hoy quiero hablar contigo sobre un hombre que no estaba satisfecho con su vida espiritual. Había un agujero en su corazón, así que fue al propio gran médico, Jesucristo. El título de nuestra lección es eso. The title of our lesson for this morning is this. The man Jesus couldn't save. Nuestro título por nuestra estudia es eso. El hombre que Jesús no pudo salvar. The man Jesus couldn't save. So let us begin our study in the Gospel of Mark. Nos vamos a estudiar en el libro de Marcos. Ven conmigo. Turn with me there. The Bible says in Mark chapter 10 and verse 17, Now as he was going out and on the road, one came running, knelt before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Y en español, Y saliendo el para ir su camino, vino uno corriendo. Y hincando la rodilla delante de él, le preguntó, Maestro bueno, ¿qué haré para poseer la vida eterna? La vida eterna. While walking on the road, Jesus is introduced to a man that scholars call the rich young ruler. That he was rich does not speak of his spiritual health, but his physical wealth. This was a man of great power and authority. In that he was a ruler, scholars suggest that he was a leader in the local synagogue, the synagogue or the church of the Jews. Mientras camina por la ca cartera, 
Jesús es presentado a un hombre que es llamado por los eruditos, el joven gobernante rico. Este hombre era rico y tenía mucho respeto en la comunidad. Las escrituras dicen que este chavalo tenía la riqueza del mundo. La riqueza del mundo. Pero le faltó las riquezas del cielo. This man, with all of his power and his prominence, he shows his respect for Jesus. He runs to Jesus, he falls down before Jesus, and he asks him, Good teacher, what must I do to have eternal life? In our words, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? Este hombre, hombre con todo su, su poder y prominencia, nos ilustra su respeto por Jesús cuando vino corriendo y arrodillado ante él. Mientras se arrodilla ante de Jesús, lo llama buen maestra y hace la pregunta más grande y más importante de la vida. ¿Qué debo hacer para heredar la vida eterna? En palabras más comunes, preguntó, ¿qué debo hacer para ser salvo? Para ser salvo, ¿qué necesito hacer? Tal vez estés aquí y tengas la misma pregunta. Jesús nos va a enseñar cómo heredar la vida eterna y cómo ser salvos. Maybe you're here this morning and you have the same question. How do I inherit eternal life? How do I become saved? Jesus is going to answer this question for us in our study this morning. But up to this point, it's important to see this man's special. This man, he was powerful. He had a lot of power and wealth. This man was spiritual. He asked the questions, the greatest questions of life. He was respectful. He knelt below Jesus. And he was also teachable. He asked Jesus the question, these are all characteristics we as Christians, as God's people, must have if we want to inherit eternal life. We must be respectful to Jesus. We must be spiritual. And we must be teachable. Hasta este punto de la historia, podemos ver que este hombre era respetuoso, espiritual y enseñable. Se podría decir que parece ser el el prospecto perfecto. You could say that this man is the perfect prospect to be converted to Christianity. He's got all the things you're looking for. Estas son cualidades que cada uno de nosotros necesita poseer cuando estudiamos la palabra de Dios. And as was Jesus' custom, he's going to answer this young man's question with a question of his own. Como era la costumbre de Jesús, va a responder a la pregunta del joven rico con una pregunta propia. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 19 and verse 17. La Biblia dice en Mateo capítulo 19, versículo 16. I always get that mixed up with 17. 15, yeah, whatever. The Bible says in verse 17, So he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Escúchame. Y él le dijo, 
¿Por qué me llamas bueno? Ninguno es bueno sino uno. Es a saber, Dios. Y si quieres entrar en la vida, guarda los mandamientos. Los mandamientos. Before Jesus answers the rich young ruler's question, he presents a question of his own. He says, you call me good, but only God is good. Now this verse to a lot of atheists and skeptics, they use this verse incorrectly to suggest Jesus never said he was God. Only you Christians believe he was God. He never agreed. He disagreed with the rich young ruler here. Only God is good, and I'm not God, so I'm not good. That's what scholars, or excuse me, skeptics and atheists believe this passage means. But what we're about to see is this could not be further from the truth. Este versículo es una de las escrituras más mal utilizadas y mal interpretadas de toda la Biblia. Los ateos y otros escépticos tratan de usar este versículo para probar que Jesús nunca, que Jesús nunca afirmó ser divinidad y que, y que Él negó tales afirmaciones por completo. La idea es que nosotros como, perdóname, como cristianos hemos creído erróneamente que Jesús es Dios. Cuando Jesús nunca hizo tales afirmaciones. El hecho es que no podría haber una interpreta interpretación más incorrecta de este pasaje. So we want to give a few examples or proofs to prove that this is not what this is talking about. Number one is this. The entire Gospel of John is dedicated to proving Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus is deity. Primero, todo el evangelio de Juan empatiza de la deidad de Jesús, que él es el hijo de Dios. Second, within the first three verses of John's gospel, John clearly teaches Jesus is God. And the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Segundo, dentro de los primeros tres versículos del Evangelio de Juan, se dice que Jesús es Dios. Que Jesús es Dios. Number three, Jesus commonly referred to himself as the Son of God. The Pharisees understood when Jesus called himself the Son of God, he made himself equal with God. He was calling himself deity. And because of that, they wanted to kill him. The Bible says in John chapter 5, verses 17 and 18. Jesús se refirió a sí mismo como el Hijo de Dios en un título que aparece diez veces solo en el Evangelio de Juan. Cuando Jesús se refirió a Dios como su Padre, los judíos entendieron lo que Jesús quiso decir. Jesús afirmó ser igual a Dios Mostrando a su deudar. Esta fue una de las razones por qué las que los judíos buscaron matarlo. El libro de Juan, capítulo 5, versículo 16 hasta 18. 
The ultimate sign to prove Jesus as the Son of God was his resurrection from the dead. The book of Romans teaches in Romans chapter 1 and verse 4. Lo último señal, señal que declara la deidad de Jesús como el Hijo de Dios fue su resurrección de entre los muertos. So it's abundantly clear the Bible teaches and Jesus taught he is and was the Son of God. Jesús es el Hijo de Dios porque la Biblia dice y porque Jesús a mí mismo lo dije lo mismo verdad. He said or taught the same truth. What we see in this verse before we move on is after Jesus brings up this question of good and bad, he teaches them how to enter into life, how to have eternal life. That is by or through keeping the commandments. Después de explicar quién son bueno y todo como eso, Jesús enseñó a él este chavalo joven este amigo, esta persona, necesitas agardas los mandamientos para recibir la vida eterna. La vida eterna. This is really important. Jesus has this whole lingo about, well, God's only good, and if you say I'm good, you have to say I'm God. Why does he say that? Why not, even, why not just answer the question at first? ¿Por qué preguntarse... ¿Por qué me llamas bueno? Porque Dios es la única que es bueno. He says this because of this. He says, if you call me good, only God is good. If you call me good, you're calling me God. La única persona que está buena es Dios. Ninguna otra persona es buena en esta vida. Solamente Dios. El, y él les digo, si dices que yo soy bueno, Dios es la única buena. Entonces, estás diciendo que yo soy Dios. Que yo soy Dios. That's really the point of what's getting uh, focused on or drawn out by Jesus. Esto es el punto de este, estos palabras. And Jesus is really asking this because he says, he's teaching this. Sorry, half my mind's in Spanish right now. Half is in English. I'm like trying to figure out English right now. Okay. What Jesus is trying to say is, or what he's pulling out is, you say God's good, you say I'm good, that means I must be God. Do you understand what you're saying? Do you understand the implications of your confession? Del punto que Jesús es tratando a decir es esto. Usted dice que soy bueno. Estás hablando a Dios o a Jesús. Que Jesús es bueno. Dios es la única persona que es bueno. Realmente estás diciendo que yo soy Dios. Te entiendes y aprendes que estás diciendo. Eso es el punto de, de Jesús. He says, do you understand what you're saying? Because this is going to affect what I tell you. Entiendes que estoy tratando a decir, porque este va a afectar cómo te vas a responder a mis mandamientos. A mis mandamientos.
Before we move on, the point I want us to learn from this is the same point that Jesus was getting at. A lot of people today call Jesus good, but they don't treat him like God. A lot of people call Jesus good, but they don't treat him like God. Mucha gente en este mundo dicen que Jesús es bueno, pero ellos no tratan a Jesús como Dios. Hay una diferencia completa para decir que Jesús es bueno y para decir Jesús es Dios. Porque cuando dices que Jesús es Dios, vas a cambiar y transformar todo de tu vida. When you not only understand that Jesus is good and that Jesus is God, it will transform your life. You will not be the same. You will change every aspect of your life and what he says is how it goes. Como dice, es la manera y es la única manera para hacer y recibir vida eterna. Vida eterna. Para hacer sus mandamientos. Mandamientos. What we're going to learn from this story is, unfortunately, unfortunately, this was a man who only called Jesus good, but did not treat him like God. Con, es una lástima porque esta historia va a ilustrar que este hombre sí dice que Jesús es buena, pero él no va a tratar a Jesús como Dios. Él no va a seguir en los mandamientos de Dios. Y nos vamos a mirarla en este estudio. Okay, quickly moving on. Jesus said, you got to do the commandments. You got to keep my word. Si tú quieres a recibir vida eterna, necesitas a hacer mis mandamientos. Porque mis palabras son las vidas espirituales. Y las vidas, palabras espirituales, vas a darte vida eterna. In the word is life, the Bible teaches in John chapter 6 and verse 63. We must do them to receive life. But look at this response. He asked Jesus, which commands? Which commands do I have to keep to be saved? Mira, este hombre, este chavalo, preguntó a Jesús esto. Los mandamientos que necesito a hacer. ¿Cuál? ¿Cuáles? ¿Cuál mandamientos? This is a great attitude to have. This man, he's interested, he's ready to learn, he wants to learn. We all need to have this attitude. Este hombre, este chavalo, quiere a aprender, quiere a mejorarse. Un buen actitud. I think that's the word. But there is an attitude here that often goes overlooked. This question might sound good and it might sound humble, but there is a subtle implication here. There is a subtle implication there are some commands you don't have to keep. There is a subtle implication that there are some commands you can break and others you must keep. That is false doctrine. There are not more important commands than others. They all must be kept. Este, estos palabras, esta pregunta, ¿cuál mandamientos necesitamos hacer para recibir vida eterna? Mira buena, pero después de pensarlo, mira fea. 
Es una pregunta ugly. It's an ugly question. It's a bad question because it exposes a mindset of doing less. Of doing less. Muchos cristianos abordan la palabra de Dios de la misma manera. Hay cristianos que toman la palabra de Dios y forman una jerarquía de mandatos, mandatos que deben guardarse y descartan otros pasajes como opcionales. Some Christians, they make up lists, they say, you got to keep these commands, but these other ones, those are optional. You ain't got to do those. That's a lie. Es una mentira. Nadie lo dice abiertamente de esta manera, pero este es preci precisamente lo que la gente quiere decir. Esto, eso es que tratando de decir. This is how you know someone thinks this way. No one ever says, my name's Isaac, I'm a Christian, you don't have to do all the word of God. That's not how they say that. They say it like this. This year, more than any year in my life, I've been asked this question. Isaac, do you really think that if you don't do fill in the blank, you won't go to heaven? What you're actually saying, whether you realize it or not, is there are some commands in your Bible you don't have to do. That's really what that means. I'll tell you what that means. That's what it is. Hay gente en la iglesia que son cristianos. Ellos dicen que, mira, ¿de verdad crees que alguien irá al infierno porque no hace esto o esta? Subconscientemente han determinado que cierto mandato es menos importante que otros con la esperanza de justificar su pecado. People say these things to justify their sins. That's why they say, do you really think? Fill in the blank. Estos individuos se coloquen el tribunal de Dios y buscan reinterpretar su voluntad de acuerdo con sus propias necesidades y deseos personales. These people change the word of God to fit their desires and passions. But I got a question for everyone. Can anyone show me the verses in the Bible you don't have to keep? The answer is no. Dime, dime esto. Yo tengo esta pregunta, pero por favor, no dices nada. Solamente necesitas a pensarlo. Don't say anything out loud. Just think about this. Dime la lista en la Biblia por los mandamientos que son opcionales para hacer. No hay una lista. Anyone who thinks they can form a list of less important commands, you're trying to be God. Si hay una persona que quiere decir, estos comandantes son menos y menos importantes que otras, están tratando de ser Dios. Y no es bueno. No es bueno. It is not good, minimally. It is not good. The fact is that the whole word of God is to be kept. The whole word is truth and the whole word gives life. Toda la Biblia necesita nuestro respeto, demanda nuestro respeto. Y necesitamos hacer toda dentro la Biblia. Jesus responds to this man's question in Mark 10 and verse 19. He says, you know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. 
Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. En español, el Jesús respondió, Los mandamientos sabes. No adulteres, no mates, no artes, no digas falso testimonio. No defraudes. Honra a tu padre, padre y a tu madre. A tu padre y tu madre. By starting off with saying, you know the commandments, Jesus is preparing the man for something he already knew. He wasn't going to give a new response. Al comenzar diciendo, tú conoces los mandamientos, Jesús preparará, preparar, preparar al hombre para una respuesta que él ya sabía y conocía bien. Jesus quotes from the Ten Commandments in the Law of Moses. And he says, you can't do this, don't do this, don't do that. Los mandamientos que repite Jesús son de la ley de Moisés. Y son los últimos cinco de los diez mandamientos. Jesus quotes the last five of the Ten Commandments. The last five of the Ten Commandments teach us man's relationship with other men. With humanity. Los últimos comandantes de la lista de la ley de Moisés en el testamento antigua. Están hablando de las relaciones de otra gente. Con gente. La relación con uh, gente. People. Con people. And when people read this, they say, well, Isaac, you just proved yourself wrong. He asked Jesus, what are the commands you got to keep? And he says here, he gives them like five specific commands. These ones seem like the most important ones. Estos comandantes miran como ser, ser lo más importantes. Pero no es la verdad. The Apostle Paul is going to teach us what Jesus meant in Romans 13 and verse 9. In el libro de Romanos, capítulo 13, versículo 9, dice eso. The first half of the verse gives a very similar list of commands from the Ten Commandments that Christians have to keep. Esta escritura dice prácticamente lo mismo lista que Jesús dis, ya dició en la historia que estoy, estamos uh, estudiando. Watch this part. Mira esta parte. After saying a bunch of commands, he says this. Paul says, and if there is any other commandment, are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Y cualquier otro mandamiento en esta sentencia se resume, amarás a tu prójimo como a ti mismo. What I forgot to mention, que me olvidé a decir, es eso, was this. Other accounts of the rich young ruler in Mateo capítulo, there you go again, English to Spanish. In Matthew 19 and 19, it adds the command to love your neighbor as yourself in that list. In el libro de Mateo, en capítulo uh, 19, versículo 19, dice un otro comandante para amor Otras, como te quieres otras para amor a ti. Hopefully that makes sense. And really what the Apostle Paul is teaching is that all of the laws Jesus gave, he quoted, are summarized with love other people. Love other people. 
que Jesús está diciendo y el uh, apóstol, apóstolo Pablo también está diciendo es que toda la palabra tiene una focar amor otra gente otra gente como quieres otra gente a tratar a ti to treat other people the same way we would want them to treat us. So you would think, actually, what the point that we're trying to get at is that the verses Jesus said and the verses Paul says, the summary is love everyone. If you love other people, you're not going to cheat on someone. You're not going to commit adultery. You're not going to kill anybody. You're not going to steal from anybody. You're not going to hurt anybody. And you're not going to dishonor your parents if you love them the way that you want them to love you. The way that you want them to love you. I'm trying to find the Spanish part. Here, here we go. Cuando amamos a los demás como nos amamos, amamos a nosotros mismos, no mataremos, robaremos, mentiremos, defraudemos, cometeremos, adulterio, y etc. Por lo tanto, los otros mandamientos declaro Declarados por Jesús y Pablo fueron formas específicas de demostrar su amor por el prójimo. Those specific verses or commands Paul says and Jesus gave are just specific ways to apply the general principle of loving people. So those verses are not more important than any other verse. In fact, in Matthew chapter 22, in el libro de Mateo capítulo 22, Jesus was asked the question. Jesus, los judeos le preguntaron, what is the greatest commandment? What's the, more, the most important command to keep? ¿Qué es el mandamiento más importante que los otros? Jesus said this. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. To love your neighbor as yourself. For on these two commandments hang all of the law and the prophets. Jesús dice eso. Él dice que amarás al Señor tu Dios con todo tu corazón y con toda tu alma. Y con toda, toda te, tu mente. Este es el primero y grande mandamiento. Y el segundo es semejante. Amarás a tu prójimo como a ti mismo. De estos dos mandamientos depende toda la ley y los profetas. This is why this is the first command you got to keep. It doesn't matter what God says. If you don't love God, you will not obey him. If we don't love God with everything, we won't obey him. Because obedience is a sign of love. The Bible teaches, Si tú no te amas a Dios con tu, toda tu corazón, toda, toda tu mente, no te vas a adherar a los comandantes. No one's going to obey. That's why you start here. If you don't start here, the other commands don't matter. Si no te empiezas aquí en la amor a Dios, no puedes hacer las otras principios de la Biblia. No le importa. 
So this is not the most important commandment. This is just the first one. This is just the first one. And when you love God with everything, you will love everyone around you with everything. Cuando te amas a Dios con todo, con todo cuerpo y mente, entonces puedes amorar otra gente. No es posible sin la, el amor por Dios. It is impossible to love other people without the love of God, without the love for God. He is teaching. So we see the first commandment leads to the second. These two commands is the tenor or the message of the whole Bible. Christianity in a nutshell is this. Love God, love everyone. Keep God's word. El mensaje de la Biblia es muy simple. Amas a Dios y amas a otra gente y hace los mandamientos. Es muy simple. It's very simple, but it's más difícil para hacer. Very simple to say, very hard to do. But that's the point. And when you love God and when you love man, all the other commands are not made lesser, they're made equal. Cuando te amas a Dios y otra gente, los otros comandantes son equilibrio. Puedes encontrar equilibrio con todas las otras escrituras. So to answer the question, no, there's no, there's not one much more important command. You can say like this, there's the first command, but it's not called the most important command. Esto es la primera comandante para hacer. Well, with this being said, in verse 20, the story continues. The young man said to Jesus, All these things I have kept from my youth, what do I still lack? Dicele el mancebo, Todo esta, esto guarde desde mi juventud. ¿Qué más me falta? Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him. And said to him, One thing you lack, Go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross and follow me. Entonces Jesús mirándole, amóle y díjole, Una cosa te falta. Mira, una cosa te falta. Ve, vende todo lo que tienes, y da a los, uh, da a los pobres, Y tendrás tesoro en el cielo. Y ven, sígame, tomando tu cruz. This man does not respond in a cocky way. He is honest. He says, I try my best to keep God's word. Yo trato mi mejor para hacer los comandantes. Pero, ¿qué estoy faltando? What more do I lack? This is a great heart. Es un buen corazón. Un corazón bon. Buenísimo. Buenísimo. Suave, huh? Buenísimo. Jesus says, you're right. Estás correcta. Estás faltando una cosa. Faltas una cosa. You lack one thing. This man was treating God's word like just checkbox, a to-do list. I don't know how to translate that, but... So he goes, you miss one thing. 
You're a rich man. Go sell everything you have and give to the poor. Vendes todo que te, que te tienes por los pobres. El este, uh, este chivalo, this young man, he responds. He's distraught. He is sad. Este, este persona uh, respondió en una manera muy triste. But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Marcel, entry, entry, este sido, yeah. Por esta palabra, se fue triste porque tenía muchas poses, pose, perdóname, posesiones, posesiones. This was not the answer the rich young ruler was looking for. Esta no era la respuesta que estaba, esperaba el joven rico. He was sad. Él estaba triste. But how much more sad it is when someone rejects eternal life. Así vemos el que llamó a Jesús bueno. Qué triste es cuando alguien recasa la vida eterna. And here we learn the message of the sermon. Many people call Jesus good, but they don't treat him like God. They don't treat him as God. Así vemos el que llamó a Jesús bueno, fracaso en tratarlo como Dios. And there are many people in the religious world who make the same mistake. When people stand lost in the day of judgment, Why will they be lost? This man was the man Jesus couldn't save. Este, este persona, este hombre, Jesús no pudo a salvarlo. But why couldn't Jesus save him? ¿Por qué Jesús no podría a salvarse, salvarse? It's because he wouldn't let Jesus save him. This man was not saved by Jesus because he wouldn't let Jesus save him. ¿Por qué Jesús no podría salvar este, uh, este chico? Porque él no permite Jesús a salvarse. A salvarse. And this is the reason why many people will stand lost in the day of judgment because they don't let Jesus save them. Esta es la misma razón por la que muchas en el mundo no se salvaran porque no dejaran que Jesús los salvara. The rich young ruler, he had a very sensitive spot in his heart, a soft spot, and that was his money. His money became before everything. Su dinero viene antes de toda, toda otra. And the one thing he did not want to give up is what cost him eternal life. La única cosa que no quería a a vivir falta es porque él perdió salvación. And we have to ask ourselves this morning, what am I not willing to give up for salvation? Hay una cosa que no quiero a, a perder, un pecado. Is there a sin in our lives we don't want to give up? Because that's exactly what Jesus is here to tell you you must do. We must give up everything. 
There is no such thing as following unless you first forsake. For some people, it's their money. For some people, it's their family. For some people, it's their pride. For some people, it's drinking. For some people, it's pornography. For others, fill in the blank. Cada persona tiene diferentes problemas. Hay diferentes pecados que estamos, que nosotros tenemos. Por una persona es su familia. Por otra es su dinero. Por otra es tomar alcohol. Whatever you're not willing to give up is exactly what you're going to have to. La cosa que no te quieres a perder, el, este pecado es la una que necesitas a perder para recibir vida eterna. Vida eterna. One final verse, and then we're done. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for not my namesake shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. Y cualquiera que haya dejado casas o hermanos o hermanas o padre o madre o mujer o hijos o tierras por mi nombre recibirá cien veces más y heredará La vida eterna. We have to give up everything, but you gain so much more. Necesitamos a perder el pecado en nuestra vida. Dios demanda todo. He demands everything from us. It is one thing to call Jesus good, but an entirely different thing to treat him as God. What are you willing to give up for eternal life? Una cosa es llamar a Jesús bueno, pero una cosa completamente diferente es tratarlo como Dios. ¿A qué estás dispuesto a reuniciar por la vida eterna? This has been the lesson for this morning. Esto es la, el estudio por esta mañana. My prayer is that, that something could help you from this. Mi orar es... Para este estudio, para ayudarte en una manera, un aspecto con un aspecto de tu vida. Maybe you're here today and are not yet a Christian. Es posible que estás aquí con nosotros y no estás un cristiano. The Bible teaches this. You first must hear God's word. Primero necesitas escuchar y oír y aprender las palabras de Dios. Entonces, we need to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Necesitamos a creer que Jesús es el Hijo de Dios. Necesitamos a arrepentirse y cambiar su manera de vivir. We need to repent and change the way we live. We must confess that Jesus is the Son of God. Necesitamos a confesar que Jesús es el Hijo de Dios. And after that, we need to be baptized for the forgiveness of our sins. Después... Necesitamos a, a hacer un bautismo. En el bautizado es donde una persona es un cristiano. Baptism is where Christians are made and where the forgiveness of sins is received. Es lo mismo lugar que los pecados son perdones de la sangre de, de Jesús Cristo.
Maybe you're here and are already a Christian, but you're struggling with sin and you need to make a confession. Si estás aquí con nosotros y ya estás un cristiano. Eres un cristiano, pero tienes un pecado en tu vida que quieres a confesar. Ven con nosotros. Venga enfrente. Come in the front of us while we stand and sing.